The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode 45, Countdown to Caleb Williams edition. You have reached the best place for cigars and Chicago sports. Let me set the scene. We are at The Place, 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove. We are sitting in the Cigars and Sports Chicago studios over here at The Place. What is The Place, you ask? The Place is a cigar lounge. It's a great place to hang out, smoke a cigar, watch a game, argue about politics or sports or whatever you may have on your mind. You can also run into Phil and I over there. It's just a great place to hang out. You can also follow us on X, sometimes known as Twitter, at Cigars and Sports. And you can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you may get your podcasts. So before we start talking about the Bears' loss and the fallout from there, as always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Phil Sullivan. And by the way, before I introduce my co-host, we're going to also have tonight on special guest, our hockey correspondent, Carson Cass. Of course, uh, no relation to me, but we'll have Carson on. What a coincidence. Um, Phil, how you doing? What are you smoking? I'm smoking a La Florida Minicano El Jaco Perfecto number two. What about you and how are things? I'm trying to absorb another uh, Bears loss here uh, with a uh, nub uh, triple roast cigar, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of cup of coffee with it. But yeah, just trying to relax here after another uh, Chicago Bears debacle. Uh, Of course, the biggest news, uh, Steve, I'll let you break the biggest breaking news about the Chicago Bears and then we can move on a little bit. All right. Well, that that just broke a couple of minutes ago. So let me hold everyone uh, in suspense as we record here on Sunday night. First of all, a little bit of a recap. The Bears lost to the Minnesota Vikings at Soldier Field today, 19-13. to It was a game with very little offense, not only very little points, but very little offense. The Bears' defense actually played fairly well, and the game ultimately came down to turnovers. And if you look at it, In terms of total yards, the Bears had 275 yards and Minnesota only had 220 yards. They had 174 passing yards. The Bears only had 113. They held Minnesota to only 46 rushing yards. The Bears had 162 rushing yards. So, you know, the ground game actually was pretty decent. Time of possession, Minnesota had 24-49 and the Bears 35 minutes and change. So the difference in the game was turnovers. Both teams lost a fumble, but both of the Bears quarterbacks, and that is the story today, Justin Fields and the great Tyson Bajan, um, both threw picks. And, uh, you know, we'll talk, Bajan also lost a uh, lost a fumble. And the offense was horrendous. 
Nate Davis went down and out of the game. Cody Whitehair was basically unable to snap a football for some reason. It was almost like he's got the snapping yips. Lucas Patrick came in the game when Bajant came in, and he could not even snap. But the story of the game was the third quarter when Justin Fields went down. Justin Fields went down. First, it appeared to be some sort of you know, right arm as it turned out. Justin Fields now, we're getting the official news from Jay Glazer from Fox. Justin Fields has dislocated his right thumb. They popped it back into place, and that does not feel very good. In the locker room, he came back out and was then evidently begging to go back in the game, but could not grip a football in any way. Um, He's having an MRI tomorrow to determine the severity of the damage, but a dislocated thumb uh, sounds very, very bad. Tyson Bajant actually was not terrible. Um, he was 10 for 14, 10 for 14, 83 yards. Um, he threw a pick and lost a fumble. So obviously that was bad. But if you consider where this guy has come from, Shepherd University, this guy's never played in a big game, never played in front of a big crowd. Um, as big as it's gotten for him has basically been the uh, you know the preseason games. And to be honest with you. I thought he actually looked pretty good. You know, I thought he looked like he looked like an NFL quarterback to me. Um, Seems like he's got some skills, got the ball out quickly. Um, Seems to have some really good athleticism. His size is decent, Um, appears to be poised, have some confidence. So it is going to be interesting to see him. But I do not in any way, shape or form consider it to be a good thing that Justin Fields is out. Again, we don't know the severity of the injury. Um, Usually thumbs are a very bad thing. So it could be, you know, who knows, maybe he'll be back soon. Could be a few weeks. You know, we don't know about IR. We'll know tomorrow. But I guess I would say to you, uh, Phil, what are your thoughts on the entire situation about the game, about Fields, about the future? Where do we go from here? Thoughts from you? Well, you know, he's not the only guy injured either. You know, the Bears – team is uh, quickly becoming a almost an entire mass unit. So, you know, I don't predict the season's going to go well from this point on. If the Bears win three games, I'll be surprised, to be honest with you. With Fields being out, uh, with Tyson, Bagent, Baguette, whatever you call him, uh, you know, the kid looked good. Uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, well beyond his skill level that people thought where he's at right now, but he's... Uh, He's going to be fun to watch. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but the Bears are Bears are in a bad position. You know, who knows? They could very well end up with the first and second pick in the draft because Carolina is really, really dog shit. But there's, you know, they got competition in that. You know, one of the teams that got competition was playing tonight. Uh, you got a 15-and-a-half-point spread in an NFL game tonight. I don't know if I've ever seen one that high. So the Giants could uh, – they could give the Bears and uh, Carolina run for their money along with Denver. There are some very lousy NFL teams. Yeah, we've got a very interesting year in the NFL this year because you've got a a group of just god-awful teams, and these god-awful teams have a reason to tank because there are several really good quarterbacks coming out this year. Obviously, Caleb Williams, who I think universally, despite his horrendous game, um, against Notre Dame the other night will be the number one pick. That Drake May from North Carolina looks really good. Both of those guys from the Oregon-Washington game last night looked tremendous. So there's a reason to be at the top of the draft. 
But if you look at the teams led by the Panthers, who the Bears own their pick at you know zero and five, you know you look at the, you look at the Bears with one win, they're obviously really bad. The New York Giants, well, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, prove something before this podcast gets posted. But they appear to be just god awful. And you mentioned that spread tonight. The New England Patriots um, had an opportunity. Uh, to actually come back and win that game at the end today against the Raiders. And they are absolutely god-awful. And I believe that my prediction of Bill Belichick um, getting run out of town will happen sooner rather than later. I mean, how do you lose the game on a safety at the end of the game? That was really bad. You've got the Broncos, who are absolutely god-awful. So you've got a whole group of teams that are just absolutely terrible. And I think we'll start to get in the business, particularly when we get to the trading deadline um, and they, these teams begin to unload parts and pieces. You're going to have some just absolutely horrible teams that are going to be automatic wins for their opponent, you know, whoever they may play. So um, it's, a, it's a bad situation. Well, you know, the other thing that's interesting on the flip side, you know, on the upper echelon of the NFL, you're starting to see a lot of parity. I mean, everybody thought, you know, up until today that Frisco was pulling ahead of everybody as far as talent and, and, and team-wise, and they looked very pedestrian today, uh, even the quarterback, even Purdy. You know, so, you know, at the top of the notch, you know, if you're looking at the Bills or the Chiefs or the 49ers or the Cowboys, uh, there's a lot of parity there. So I think uh, as this season moves on, you're going to see a half a dozen teams that could be a coin toss. Who's going to get to those that final weekend? Uh, you're not going to see one or two teams by week 10 that you're going to say are a lock to get into their championship games or to win their championship games to get to a Super Bowl. So I, I think it's kind of a cool NFL season, more on the upper level than on the lower level. The lower level, you're right, there's a lot of really bad teams, but I think there's a lot of parity uh, in the upper echelon of the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not sure that we know that yet. I mean, clearly the teams that I would have said were the best two teams right now um, going into today, you know, were San Francisco by far, um, and, you know, and the Eagles probably second, and then probably the Chiefs third at this point. The Chiefs offense looks like it is really struggling, and we've talked about them and their lack of weapons. And I will just say today, it's interesting because I think that if you were to look at going into today and you were to say who'd be the uh, the NFL MVP, you know, five weeks into the season, you probably would say Brock Purdy, number one, and Jalen Hurts, number two. And Brock Purdy was absolutely terrible today. I mean, like, he was bad. I mean, there. I mean, he looked like a seventh-round pick. Oh, he is a seventh-round pick. But 12 for 27, 125 yards, one TD, one interception. So he was not good. And the Niners somehow lost – I mean, I know they had a couple of key players out, but, you know, they lost to the great J.P. Walker. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, 28 for 45, 280 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions, including that pick um, that caused the Jets to go ahead at the end of the game. So he clearly gifted the Jets that game. So, um, Phil, as I've learned from you, that good players can have bad games and bad players can have good games, but bad players in the end will still be bad. Um, but there are, I think, some teams that are pretty good at the top. I would not expect that to be a trend um, with the Niners. I mean, they've got a hell of a lot of talent on that team. And also, 
based on how the NFL has become more like Major League Baseball at the trading deadline, you're going to have teams unloading pieces. And I think that those really good teams are going to get better. And I mean, to me, it's inevitable that, for example, the Chiefs are one way or another going to get a wide receiver. You know, so when they get even one decent wide receiver, how do you think they're going to look? I mean, certainly a hell of a lot better, I would I would guess. But the Bears look bad. And, you know, the thing that really has disappointed me pivoting back to the Bears, the thing that has really disappointed me the most has been the offensive line. And it's not even so much that they've been bad. They've just been so injured. And I'm not sure what you can really do about that. Um, Darnell Wright has been really good, um, you know, the rookie right tackle, but did not appear to have as good of a game today. The uh, $30 million left guard who, you know, missed a lot of time with, the, you know, with a personal issue and then actually has looked really good. Nate Davis, the last couple of weeks, he went down today and I haven't heard the injury report on him yet, but he looks like he could be an IR stint. I think it was an ankle um, but he did not look good at all. We evidently don't have a center who can shotgun snap the ball. I mean, have you ever in your life seen more bad snaps than you, you know, than you saw today? Tevin Jenkins, at, you know, at right guard looked fantastic today, but he's constantly hurt. And then Braxton Jones, the left tackle, is out. And Larry Borum, um, who's been playing for him, is probably not an NFL player. He's certainly not an NFL starter. So it's just been so unfortunate with guys hurt out of position. And you saw last week against Washington when they got really good protection, when Fields got really good protection, they were good. Uh, to me, that's been really, really um, disappointing. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it is for, yeah, the following the Bears this year is going to be a struggle. So we'll see how they turn out. We'll see where they go. Uh, like you said, it's going to see how uh, Mr. Bajan turns out. Um, they're they're going to be in some games. I still think the Bears are going to play some fairly they'll, – they'll stick themselves in some games and be there, but I think in the end they're going to disappoint you every week. It's going to be tough, tough, tough to watch. I hope that Fields is not out for, you know, I hope he's not, I, I don't want Fields to be injured, but I am excited to just see what Tyson Bajant can do because clearly the guy has some kind of skills of some kind. Um, and I'm, and being that we don't have a lot to root for, you know, I'm just interested to see if the guy, you know, if the guy can be any good. You know, the other thing is too, it, we learned once again about why running backs have seemed to have very little value in the NFL because Deontay Foreman today has been inactive the last three weeks, 15 carries for 65 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. Darrington Evans, who is just some rando that they picked up off of the uh, Miami practice squad this week, you know, ran for 32 yards at a 3.6 yard average. He actually had a, he actually coughed it up one time and they recovered it, but actually looked looked pretty good on a couple runs as well. And as we mentioned before, you know, the Bears uh, rushing yards, 162 yards today. So the fact that their top two backs were out, frankly, didn't really seem to matter. You know, it's not like Khalil Herbert would have necessarily done any better than Deontay Foreman did today. You know, that I think is a very interesting fact as as well. And yeah, I mean, I guess we will we will see what happens as we, uh, you know, as we go into next week against the horrible Las Vegas Raiders. And when I say horrible, I wouldn't put them on what I've been referring to as my god-awful list. They beat the Patriots today. They're 3-3. Three and three. 
and it looks like Garoppolo is doing what he does best. He went out injured today, but they still were able to win the game against just a horrible team. But frankly, even with the injuries and even with Tyson Bajan, the, the Bears should be able to be in that game. So I guess we'll see what happens. So, Phil. Yeah, so sounds good. So, Steve, let's move on to something else. I think you wanted to talk a little about uh, a new professional sports season that fired up this year. And uh, why don't you lead us into that, Steve? So um, I don't know if it's a new professional sport, but let's talk a little bit about hockey. And No, I said a new professional sport oh, season. That yes, started so the week. NHL season started uh, since, our, uh, since our last episode. And obviously it is a very interesting season as it relates to Chicago, as they have the great uh, you know, generational prospect Connor Bedard on their team. And we're going to bring in our hockey expert, Carson Cass, who I know you are going to talk to a little bit about Connor Bedard. So, uh, Phil, let me turn it over to, to you, and uh, you can bring Carson into the conversation. So, Carson, welcome to the program here. And, uh, by the way, before we get started, uh, I, I understand you had a visit to the uh, – very prestigious Newhouse School of Broadcast Journalism. Congratulations on that. Uh, I, I hope your dreams get followed there, but it's a great school. Uh, our own Chicago Jason Benetti, uh, White Sox announcer, is a graduate of there. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, case, I'm sure you paid attention to you were there, Carson, but uh, just to throw a few things at you here, not to put any pressure on you when you hopefully eventually attend that school and reach the greatness. But just a few names here that you're going to have to kind of get past, and I hope you get past them all. Graduates there, Marv Albert, Bob Costas, Ted Koppel, Mike Tarico, Dick Stockton, and if you're as old as me, a famous bandstand rock and roller, Dick Clark. So, you know, those are just a few names I thought I'd rattle off at you that you're going to have to get past, but I'm sure you're going to have a, a good chance of doing it. But congratulations on that visit. I hope that works out for you at Syracuse University. Go ahead, Carson. Yeah, Thank you very much, Phil. Uh, yeah, it's a really scary long list, but hopefully I can get in there and uh, get up in there in those names and be as popular as them. But we got to go ahead to a more a brighter side of Chicago in terms of hope and dreams for Chicago sports fans. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, obvious Canadian elephant in the room, Connor Bedard. He's made his debut. I mean, people obviously are very, very excited about that. He broke in uh, – it was his first game. His debut was the most watched NHL game in the regular season, apart from the Winter Classic, which is one of those special outdoors games. I mean, Bedard is the hottest thing in, spo- is the hottest thing in sports right now in terms of just – he's supposed to be the next great one, and it's pretty good for Chicago fans that he's, I guess, in Chicago. Yeah, I, I – it's – his record and what he did in Canada, you know, better than Wayne Gretzky, better than better than them all. This kid broke records and did things that uh, he, you know, if it wasn't maybe for his size, uh, short of that, when he was 14, 15 years old, he said he had the talent to play in the NHL. So he's going to be fun to watch. I thought it was so cool that he got to play his first game against Sid Crosby. Uh, that was awesome. If you want anybody that saw the game, it was very quick, but it happened right at the puck drop. The referee turned to him and just looked at him and said, uh, welcome to the NFL, young man, NHL, young man. And I thought that was really cool uh, before he dropped the puck. Um, so it was a great start for him. Uh, it took him a little bit to get, uh, well, I think it was the second game. He finally got his first goal, uh, which 
you know, just to play alone, a behind-the-back pass, a wrist shot that followed up around the net, uh, you know, a back a backdoor goal. Uh, he's going to do great. Uh, the Hawks, uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on them, but the little bit I've done, they don't. They're not projected to be a tremendous hockey team this year. I think they're going to certainly have their struggles. I think uh, Bedard's going to, you know, take a little adjusting to get used to the NFL, to the speed, to the size. But I think he's going to, you know, he's going to catch up very quickly. But, you know, the Hawks, uh, it's kind of funny. They started out, they're 0 for 14 on the power play, which is very unusual to go 0 for 14 in three games. Uh, so that's going to take a little adjusting. I think that's just a matter of putting the right guys with the right teammates, which they uh, do a lot of that in the beginning season of the NHL. They try to get the mix and match guys till they find everybody's comfort level with each other. On the positive end, they're 7 for 7 on penalty kills. Uh, so we'll see how they go. What do you think, Carson? I hate to crush the hopes of Chicago fans who are looking for some sort of hope this year in the winter sports because the Bulls haven't changed much, but neither have the Blackhawks. I mean, Bedard is great, and Bedard is going to be make it much more tolerable to watch the Blackhawks this season, but they haven't really added anything except, I believe it was Seth Jones, the defenseman they added this year, which is the only big piece that they got uh, in the offseason. He's a good defenseman they're going to have better defensive stats this year but it's unlikely the Blackhawks will be finishing more than second to last or last in the central division probably towards the bottom of the NHL they need a lot more to make this team run Bedard is great and will be great he scored points in every single one of his games he's got 16 shots on goal he's making it on the offense and he's clearly making his presence known but the Blackhawks as a team are not very good and the only way I could think of is potentially a wild card spot or potentially that third spot in the Western Conference Central Division because that division is terrible. The Stars took a step back who had the third spot last year. The Blues might be good or better. The Jets should be pretty good. And the Predators in the Wild are kind of iffy. But half of that division had lottery picks last year. It's kind of a toss-up for that third playoff spot. But it's just it's going to be up to the Blackhawks. I don't think this year they're going to go far. I don't think they're going to do much. But – Bedard has been extremely, I guess, extremely present in the ice so far, and it's clear that he's going to be making a difference once he gets in there. He's already scored a goal and two assists in three games. He was already getting booed in Montreal. Like, these are all signs of a good player in the in the making, and 16 shots on goal in three games is, a, is an extremely good sign of high production once he can start figuring out how to find those holes on NHL-level goalies and find those goals. Well, maybe after I get tired of watching the Hawks by midseason, I'll uh, switch to your favorite team and see if I can stay up late and watch the Kraken and see how the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, plays out their season this year. Yeah, they've they've started off real cold. Um, we lost our first two games, and then last night we actually lost to the Blues in shootout, which I made the mistake of staying up till uh, 11 p.m. to watch uh, I believe it was Tarasenko uh, sink one and <laughs> and the Blues win it, but that, that team started off poorly. The Pacific is much is a lot like the Central, where it's just a toss-up. But for Chicago fans, it is, unfortunately, a year of misery probably in the hockey world, but a year of hope. Uh, you're going to probably get another top-10 pick. The Blackhawks are probably going to tank. You're probably going to lose a little more at the deadline. But there's some bright spots on this roster, like Seth Jones, Bedard, and a few other younger guys. Be thankful you're not in the Canadians' position, where, you're top, where your first overall pick has barely scored 10 goals so far in his career and they're in a much better spot with what they have and a lot of I think teams would rather be in the Blackhawks position even though they're not going to be too good this year 
Well, very cool, Carson. Thanks for all your help there with the Chicago Blackhawks. And once again, I hope 20, 30 years from now, after you're done with your Newhouse School of Journalism and your career is shot through the roof, I hope when I open up your Wikipedia page, there's a mention about your start at Cigars and Sports Chicago. And uh, a little kudos, a little name drop there on your Wikipedia page. So I think that'd be awesome. I'll make sure it's in there. But uh, my, yeah, thank you very much, Phil. I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> right and for now. those who are interested in seeing more of uh, Carson's work, he is the voice of Downers Grove South football. So if you want to watch any uh, any of those games, you can find it on uh, the DGS Athletics YouTube channel. Um, all of the home games are, are broadcast, and Carson does both play-by-play and color. He's got a great crew of one around him, so it's a uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty difficult job, but he does a really good job over there and uh, broadcasts both the uh, the varsity and the the sophomore game. So um, if you want to check out some Downers Grove South football, um, please go and check that out. So Carson, thanks for joining uh, Cigars and Sports Chicago. Thank you very much. I'm going to plug one last thing. I'm doing basketball in the winter too, so it's the DGS activities page on YouTube if you're looking for that. Uh, I'll be there the entire basketball season. It'll be my first time commentating basketball, but I am going to be there and if you're interested in some Mustangs basketball, too, our last game for football is first Friday. Basketball season starts later in the winter. Thank you very much for having me, not my dad. And uh, I'm out. Thank you very much. Phil, let's just hit on the baseball playoffs for a minute. I actually, the playoffs have been really interesting. And, you know, we had 300 win teams this year, and they all just got blown right out of the playoffs immediately. I mean, the Atlanta Braves looked like they were from another planet this year. They gone. The Dodgers, they gone. You know, and right now we are left with Texas versus the Houston Astros. And to me, and that that game, first pitch in that game was a couple minutes ago. And that looks like a phenomenal matchup to me. Like really great. I think both buildings are going to be electric. Then we've got Phillies Diamondbacks, and I cannot even believe um, that the Diamondbacks um, are in the NLCS, but it just goes to show that if you can get into the tournament, that anything can happen. But what annoys me the most is how is it possible that we've got, you know, Friday and Saturday with no baseball whatsoever, and maybe it's because the series ended sooner, but really, you're going to have the first game opposite Sunday night football? I mean, what is that? Like, what are they thinking with that? How about you even just start it an hour earlier so you get some people watching it and then maybe they stick with it if it's an interesting game? Because frankly, if when it's 7.15, even me, who's the biggest baseball fan I know, I'm going to be forced to put on Sunday night football and flip back and forth. And, I, and it's harder to get interest in baseball, you, you know, when you're watching something else. So I would have at least wanted to start with it. So I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but thoughts on the baseball playoffs in general and, uh, you know, thoughts on this whole scheduling thing. Well, yeah, the scheduling thing, I, I uh, 100% agree with you. I mean, not only tonight, but tomorrow night, you got the other series starting up against Monday Night Football. And then you got the second game of what I agree with you, this Rangers Astros series is going to be awesome. And that's at 3.30 in the afternoon. It makes no sense. They could have played uh, the one game earlier today, and they could have taken tomorrow night off and played two games at maybe at 6 and 8.30 on Tuesday night when you got nothing else to compete against. Um and really got that series going. So, I, yeah, I don't know who did that scheduling. 
And, you know, and back to these teams, you're right. Uh, who would have thought some of these 100-win teams would be ousted out of the playoffs? I thought for sure Atlanta was, you know, heading to the World Series. They had a team that was going to be all-world. I thought the Orioles looked fantastic. I mean, it's odd to get three out of the four teams had identical records, uh, 90 and 72, uh, which was kind of an oddity there. Uh, the Diamondbacks coming in at 84 and 78 at six games over 500. Uh, the Phillies look really strong. Uh, but we'll see how they, uh, you know, baseball's an odd game when it gets down to this point. It does typically come down to pitching. Um, the Astros certainly, I think, got a leg up in the pitching uh, across the board. We'll see how Verlander uh, comes out tonight. Um, he, he has a, you know, a, a dubious record in the playoffs. He is, when I say that, it's not the greatest. Um, he's lost a lot of opening games in the playoffs. So we'll see how he comes out tonight. But yeah, it's gonna be they're gonna be fun to watch. Uh, I think I'd be more leaning towards a, a, a Phillies World Series. I like their team. I like their swag. I like the way the players play. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. What do you think? Yeah, I really like the Phillies swag, and it is interesting because you know you look at some of these teams and you look at a model for winning. Um, something that our Chicago White Sox are not very good at. I mean, look at the entire core of that Phillies team. It's all store-bought players. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fine. But, you know, where would they be without Bryce Harper and without Castellanos and Trey Turner um, and Schwarber? I mean, they they went out and bought a lot of the right guys. And then, you know, you take a look at, uh, you know, Texas and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And, you know, I don't buy into this um, Otani for MVP thing, you know, on a last place team. Corey Seager, to me, is the AL MVP. Uh, and, you know, it just shows you that probably if you're going to win, you got to spend some money, you know, because Tampa Bay and Baltimore, you know, they had a you know really great season. Both of them are out um, and probably needed to spend some money on pitching, uh, you know, even though they, they had great seasons. But, um, you know, it appears that the teams that have spent, spent some money have, have made some, some progress. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I would definitely root for um, a, an, a rematch Astros-Phillies World Series. I'd, like, I wouldn't, I'd be interested in seeing Texas as well. Um, but Astros are amazing. Seven years in a row in the ALCS. How do you even do that? I mean, it's amazing. And they've turned over so many pieces over the years and just continue to get back there again and again and again. And, you know, they still um, have got, you know, core guys like Altuve and Bregman, obviously, um, and, you know, and other guys. But, I mean, they've managed to turn over pieces and just keep winning. So I, I think it's interesting, and, you know, we'll see how, how it goes. Yeah, I, it's, I think they're going to be some great games. I love watching playoff baseball. I love the camera angles. I love the announcing. It's just different than regular season baseball. I just think it makes it pretty exciting. So we'll see where it runs. Phil, that's it for episode 45, Cigars and Sports Chicago. Thanks for being here. Thanks again cool. to, uh, to Carson Cass for his hockey input. Thanks as always to our producer, Bear. And that's it for us. Bye. Come on, under the wheel, love. We can have high times if you look back. 
wonders of nature growing in the rushes down by the riverside.